Hello and welcome. My name is Lloyd and welcome to the Book of Acts. This wonderful book of the early church and what they did, what God did through them. And we're looking at Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47. And this is on the back of the day of Pentecost and Peter standing up and explaining what that all meant and the response to that. So let's read and then discuss. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Lord Jesus, would you speak to us from this passage? We just thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that we are the people of God. And we just thank you for anyone listening to this who maybe does not know about you. Would you open their hearts and would you bring them to a place of repentance and receiving of you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> so previously we had heard of the day of Pentecost. God poured out his promised Holy Spirit on the early church. Peter stands up and delivers a sermon to explain what that was all about, what had happened, what it meant. And now, what does it look like in the early life of the church? What sort of community does the outpouring of the Holy Spirit produce in God's people? What is the effect of the Holy Spirit? So let's lift the bonnet on the very first acts of this early church. This is what could happen to any, any church community, any family of God's people who will allow God to pour out his spirit upon them and move amongst them. This surely is the evidence of God's presence among his people, his spirit poured out. So verse 42 starts off with the word they, and they devoted themselves. And this is just an indication that this was not an individualistic community. They weren't about just their own interests, but it was a one anothering community they cared about one another they were devoted the holy spirit is poured out where the people of god are in loving and living community and you might say that the holy spirit is the source and the very foundation of such a loving community for those who value the community above mere personal interest personal preferences Holy Spirit comes in and this is what we see happening here in the early church. The early church knew nothing of mine and yours but rather ours. Of course our individual faith is of utmost importance and is vitally real and the Bible stresses that that we individually come to Christ but being born again then draws us into a family on mission and we become part of God's church we become part of the bride of christ his people 
One would think that with so many converts, the early church might be swamped with the needs of all these new entrants into the family. Clearly great needs have suddenly fallen on this brand new church just a few days old. But instead of individuals going their own way and seeking their own interests, um, they put their lot in together with one another and they serve to help one another. And this community is born. And it's not just a string of individuals doing their own thing. There's the sense that everyone is doing the same thing together. They're all about each other's interests. So it says they were devoted. And devoted is a very powerful word. This is not merely a club or a it's not dutiful attendance at events, coming on a Sunday, coming on a Wednesday. No, no. This is there's something that talks of devotion, talks of persistence. These early believers belonged to each other. They did all these activities together with such heart and such passion because they wanted each other to succeed. So let's just say that word again, devoted. Are you devoted to your church community, to your local church, to those around you? They were persistent in their longing and their serving of one another. Their longing for and serving of one another. Rather than being easily offended and, and each pushing for their own preferences or demanding a position. Rather, it's the gentleness and the love of this community who instead of fighting one another, fight for peace and for family. So they were devoted, now more specifically, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were eager to learn and grow. They didn't settle for things that were substandard. They weren't stubborn. They were willing to be taught. They were willing to learn. They were submitted and humble enough to receive from the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to this teaching, often discussing it in a loving manner, wanting to find out and wanting all and every one of the community to learn and grow together. That's how a church works. We grow together. It's not one individual racing ahead, um, but it's everyone grabbing hold of each other, some people falling, some people rising up, and each, all of us holding each other and being committed to one another. They were likely often meeting to discuss these doctrines, the, the teaching. They were, given, they, they were looking into them and, and asking questions. What does this mean? What does it mean today? And they asked the apostles, those who had spent the last few years of, of their lives with Jesus whilst he was alive. So they were devoted to what those apostles who had been with Jesus, what is it like to be with Jesus? Tell us more. They were often talking to each other, often in each other's homes. So they were devoted to the fellowship. They were interested in each other. They were concerned for each other's spiritual condition. This was a community alive to God and passionate for each other and yet open to grow numerically interested relationally in new people taking part and becoming members too of this family so what does devoting yourself to the apostles teaching look like today how much authority does god's inspired word have in your church today do you rely on democracy committees common sense <clears throat> or are your values <clears throat> and beliefs 
informed by the word of God and how do you run your church is that directed by God's word so these guys were devoted to the teaching of the Apostles but to the fellowship they wanted things to go well in this family they were devoted to the breaking of bread there was a unity in often celebrating the Lord's Supper together that's what the breaking of bread is when we celebrate the Lord's Supper we declare his death and we remember the sin sacrifice he made for his church you and I instead of being something to be almost ashamed of they celebrated this defeat of sin by Jesus they declare the cross as powerful and they declare it to one another often they do this regularly so the importance of the cross and the death of Jesus is close in their minds they were probably in and out of each other's houses meeting and breaking bread and, and discussing this together so there was a devotion to this they were devoted to eating the Lord's Supper together and declaring Jesus's death until he returns so they were also devoted to prayer the early church as we know from Pentecost the previous few sessions were it was birthed in prayer it was a prayer meeting God's Spirit was poured out as the early believers the Apostles and the early church met together to pray it was a prayer meeting that the Holy Spirit was poured out on so why stop praying if that was how God responded at the very beginning the book of Acts as we will see is full of prayer meetings and this is one of the primary acts of the Apostles they prayed a lot we saw in John's Gospel and the other and the, and the other Gospels confirm this that Jesus prayed a lot he, he just he often would have a very busy day and then you dismiss the crowds to do what not to go and sleep but to go be with his father prayer for him was a priority his disciples even asked him you know how do you pray they'd see him going off and see him always refreshed and full of power and they themselves would be exhausted and yet Jesus is, is, keeps on going because he was constantly spending time with his father and that's how a church grows is being in the presence of God so how is your church with corporate prayer how do you how does your church come together to pray and how are you individually as within your church how is your individual time with God do you meet with God regularly in the closet forgetting about the world turning off your phone how is that the emphasis here is on corporate prayer and this devotion to one another in prayer and praying for the church praying for what God was doing this was a church community who were regularly in the presence of God they encountered God they were hearing from God they were heard by God and as a result they were full of love and devotion to one another maybe there's a direct link between this church being a prayerful praying church and all the fellowship and all the devotion they had to each other and to the Word of God if a church is disunited consider maybe praying together is your church united or they're disunited is there factions consider praying together because you can't stand in the presence of God and not be united with your brother and sister to knit, knit your hearts together come in prayer together and you might begin to describe yourselves as devoted like these guys were 
in the early church prayer will not only will not only make your church come alive but it'll keep it alive a church that prays together stays together so let's see what happens if we begin to pray as churches why stop praying if the early church was birthed in prayer and how better to disciple one another and new believers in particular than drawing them into a life of prayerfulness in a praying community and that's how we follow Jesus by praying and being in prayer as a church as well as individually so this church was devoted not only to each other but also to be being a worshiping spiritual church those who were truly converted as they were at Pentecost pursue God and are devoted to his church they don't need added incentives or promises of wealth power prosperity and health to follow Jesus this church were devoted to one another they were devoted to Jesus and they needed nothing else added on top they, they had they had all they needed and it says here awe came upon every soul many signs and wonders were being done by the Apostles so the biblical teaching the devotion to that teaching the de devotion to one another the constantly celebrating the Lord's Supper constantly being in prayer led to action so things happened just as Jesus did and taught as we read at the beginning of this book so the Apostles did and taught here we see some of the doing the prayer meetings do not leave the church paralyzed and hidden away but rather active bold powerful and noticed it appears to the extent that they left the surrounding towns awestruck they got noticed for all the right reasons and this awe that we read about came upon everyone it says many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles this was no mere show it was the evidence of God's involvement in this early community that his presence was among his people and this is God God's acts through his apostles but God needed his apostles to act through he needed them to be there God chooses to work through his people when they will glorify him and it says here all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and giving the proceeds to help those who had need so they gave things to one another they shared like they cared and they shared because they cared there was no rule to say you must give or you must give this amount rather it was a work of generosity from the heart so the spirits outpouring on this community compelled them each individually so that all began to give they had a longing for one another to succeed they had a longing to give things to one another they didn't have a longing just to receive and suck suck everyone else dry they had this deep longing to serve one another so should we live a life like that you know imagine if you were just concerned about everyone else around just giving but here comes the question that often comes in this passage should we live a life of poverty and give everything away and never actually own anything ourselves never actually have any private property 
doesn't seem to say that anywhere here or in the rest of scripture rather the fact that they had something to give indicates a support for having private property and giving being an act of generosity and devotion prompted by the spirit rather than something mandated by law and elsewhere in the bible paul tells timothy to command the rich to be rich in good deeds and generous and willing to share implying that the early church had rich members and believers a few verses later we'll read in verse 46 how the church met in each other's homes so clearly they had their own homes to meet in and later on in a few chapters later we'll read about the sin of Ananias and Sapphira Acts chapter 5 they sold their property so they must have had something to sell and they pretended to give a certain amount to the apostles but they lied about how much they were giving and they retained someone that would and sort of tried to pretend like they'd given all of it um, and so their sin was not so much about greed or materialism it was more about the lie and the deceit about how they did what they did so we'll cover the story in more depth later on when you reach chapter 5 um, what we should learn from the early church is they were incredibly generous and we are also called to be generous even the poor need to be generous because you can be poor and greedy the church were not only generous they actually cared for the poor amongst them if you force people to give like a tax or a rule gets put in place then the emotion the desire the devotion the delight goes out and it becomes a mere duty and you can only keep that up so long it was the pouring out of the spirit that sparked this generous this generosity it wasn't compulsion or being made to feel guilty or having constant requests from aggressive social action heroes in the church it says they were together there was a deep unity that caused this having all things in common so it was the Holy Spirit who could be credited with this generosity and the best example I can think of for this type of generosity is being in a family where a husband and a wife have they have they bring the income and they, then they share it they share all the costs their kids don't don't have to pay for meals um, they don't have to pay for lodging the whole family sort of chips in and everything belongs to everyone and if someone gets sick then the family pays all that they, they take them to the hospital and that's and that's what this early church is like is the whole family no one had to really say you know can I have this or that just, of course you can you're part of the family it's on the house and so we must not make this verse say more than it does the Bible is not endorsing communism or socialism it's quite the opposite it's endorsing generosity unity and the family the church family the all things in common also could have referred to other things like conversation values laughter they had all things they laughed together they were sad together they did life together they had pleasure and fun together so let's create community that looks like family if we have what others need don't wait for them to ask just give if they do ask give joyfully have such a readiness to serve one another be forward in generosity 
with all things time love emotion care life and try to outdo one another in serving and humility and, do, and giving honor rather than trying to climb up a ladder to get above people or seek prominence and power and position rather seek to go down the ladder to serve other people to give just like Jesus when you do that you are being like Jesus they were aware of the needs of those around them and active and helping they weren't needing to be pushed as I said earlier to help those who needed anything and those who needed help weren't pushy either so we will encounter some difficulties in the early church in Acts chapter 6 but we'll cover that in more detail then when there was a problem with how the feeding of the widows was being undertaken so verse 46 day by day they attended the temple together they they broke bread in homes and they received their food with glad and generous hearts so they truly love one another as we saw before but they were still at the temple as well as in each other's homes they didn't abandon all the structures of the of, of Judaism they both gathered in the large meetings as well as in the smaller meetings in the homes so it was a combination of both and they didn't abandon the still the, the the stiff religious temples but rather they gathered there and brought those along with them and so there's there was almost a need for 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 patient reform rather than just an abandoning abandonment of all that was before they didn't cast off their former community it can be popular to take either side to love the structures and reject the informal home gatherings it was the structures that maybe helped to to allow the framework and context for the informal that gave life and beauty and depth to the formal so it was both that were needed here both the formal structures as well as the informal meeting in homes and feeding together eating together laughing and loving and living together the reason the 3,000 believers who were just added could be cared for effectively is probably because some of the structure still existed so care could be provided for or at least needs could be made known and the burden shared maybe it was the case that there was a mix of the structured and the unstructured which resulted in this generosity which we've just described they received their food with glad and generous hearts with the outpoured spirit enabling all this to happen so there was the there was the structured and there was the unstructured and God can work through both you don't have to reject one and speak against it you can have both verse 47 praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved they were a worshiping church God was exalted amongst them and they were not just a club or a social action group there was a sense that when you were with this group you actually encountered God and yet they had favor with all people there was an authentic expression of a biblical community and far from repelling people because they're biblical instead they drew people in and that's what happens with us in our day when we are biblical in our approach to doing church life people are attracted to that rather than repelled the world sees through any smoke screen that we raise up if we dumb down 
the Bible and, and throw it out the door. They see through it and they see that, that we're just the same as them in that sense. If we ignore the Bible and its truths. The church was also on mission. There were every day people being added by God to this community. Not just numbers of attendees, but believing and saved and devoted Christ followers. Whilst this early church was radically in love with Jesus and devote, they were also devoted in worship and well taught and prayerful, they never abandoned the Great Commission. They continued to witness and witnessing was part of their everyday activity. They continued to add people and God added them to that church. It is important to note that God was doing the saving here. Our role is merely to share the gospel. The results are reserved to God always and only. God alone saves. He is the God of all salvation. We must also note that the believers were added to the local church. They did not become autonomous believers doing Christian life or activities on their own. They were vitally connected to a body of believers, a family, as we saw earlier, devoted. And this is what any church can experience today. They can become a devoted, spirit-filled, family-oriented, missional community who are encountering God daily, growing daily, giving and serving and praying for one another and having a good reputation in the town. So are you devoted to everything we've spoken about today? Are you devoted to your local church? Are you devoted to biblical teaching and biblical truth? Are you devoted to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer, to praying together as a church? Are you devoted to being generous, to worshipping together, caring for one another, giving to one another, being generous, and also being on mission together? Lord, would you pour out your Holy Spirit afresh on our churches? Amen.